So as you can see, I, I look a lot different than Mark. Just, I just have more hair than he does. There's probably, that's probably the biggest uh, resemblance that, uh, that you get. Uh, but uh, but Mark, Mark's a little under the weather this morning, so uh, I'm going to be filling in. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to continue his series that he's been working on, uh, when, when Pigs Fly. So we're, we're going to continue with that series. Um, th- this morning we're going to be talking about the, the miracles of provision. And uh, I, I just, as I got his notes and I was looking over those things and, and putting together uh, my words to go around with them and hopefully the words that, that God gave to me to, to speak here this morning, I, I just really hope that it, it touches the hearts of somebody here this morning. That sometimes we just feel like we, we have so much going on that we, we can feel overwhelmed. Uh, we just feel like sometimes you, you don't have enough energy or enough time, or, or, or maybe you're, you're just really low on faith, and, and, and that happens to us sometimes. But I just pray that, um, that this message is going to speak to us in a time of need and, and do something to be able to help build our faith. Um, it, it, as we start out today, we're, we're going to look at the same verse we, we've been looking at all month, and that comes from Matthew 22, uh, verse 29. Uh, and it says, Jesus replied, you are an heir because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. And, and as I think about uh, times when I've talked with people in the back in the past and maybe some conversations that, that I've had, I, I see people that have desperately needed help at times. Um, I, I think I can think of, of somebody that, that I've talked to in the past that's been in a real financial hardship. Um, it, and basically... Uh, they didn't know where their, their next meal was going to come from. They didn't know where they were going to live. They were basically going from, from couch to couch, and they had no idea what was going to happen in their lives. It seemed like every time something would happen and they would start to get established, something else would happen to them. And they were just, they were really desperate. They were really just wondering what was going to happen in their lives, what was going to go on. I think of somebody that I know that's a single mom, and she's doing the best she can to, uh, to just to be able to raise her, her kids and her family. And, and sometimes she gets, has a lot of issues, a lot of problems. And sometimes she just really isn't sure how things are going to go for her, whether she's going to be able to, to continue on and do the things that she wants to be able to do, the things God has called her to do. And if you're finding that you feel that way this morning, that you find that you feel empty in one area or another, I want you to to realize that God is the provider of all things. God is the person that's going to look out for us. He's Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. We look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. It says this, It says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. When when Paul was writing this, he he was talking to a a group of people that had helped him financially. He was talking to a a group of people that was going to allow him to to carry on his missionary purpose, the the purpose that God had for him. These were people that uh, had given sacrificially. These are people that had given, not necessarily knowing how they were going to get by. 
how they were going to do the things that they wanted to be able to do. These were people that gave to be able to support God's works through the work of Paul. And I believe when Paul kept his focus on God, which is what he was called to do, that's why that support came. Our God is going to provide everything that we need. Not always what we want, but he's going to provide what we need. And that's important for us to be able to differentiate as we look at this this morning. If you look with me, our main scripture this morning is going to come from 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to start out with verses 1 and 2. It says this, it says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. So I think there's a lot in these two verses that we need to look at. The first thing is, we don't even know this widow's name. We don't know who she is, for sure. But according to Jewish tradition, I mean, she may have been the wife of the prophet Obadiah. And if this was the case, then, then it would be no wonder that their financial needs could have been in dire straits because Obadiah, he was known for, for protecting and providing for over 50 prophets. So if this was Obadiah's wife, he would have taken all their resources that they had, the money, their food, those things, and he would have been providing for other prophets. He would have, he would have been helping them. That's what he was called to do. It, it was not uncommon for a, a prophet's family to, to be in financial hardship because they, they spent their lives traveling and, and helping other people and just trying to survive most of the time. So it, it was really difficult for them a lot of times to, to make ends meet that way. So here's a widow, maybe in her, in her 30s, mid-30s, somewhere around that. She just lost her husband. She can't work because... This is the culture. Unless she becomes a prostitute, that's the only way that she was going to be able to go to work. So this woman really has no hope. She has no hope whatsoever. She's in a very desperate situation. She just lost her husband. She can't pay her bills. She's about to lose her sons because they're going to be sold into slavery to pay their debts. I don't know that it could really get any worse than the situation that she's in right now. But when you think about that situation and and you think about what we get riled up over, what we get riled up over are are, are the small things sometimes. We get riled up when when our GPS takes us to the wrong place. We end up somewhere we weren't expecting to be. When you think about that, that, that's an entry-level problem. We get riled up when, when we go to McDonald's and they put mustard on your cheeseburger, and I really don't like mustard. So I get riled up over that. That's an entry-level problem. We get devastated because maybe our, our post on social media doesn't get as many likes as we want it to. We, we get riled up over those things, but, but again, that's an entry-level problem. 
But in reality, some of you might not just have entry-level problems. You may have graduate-level problems. Maybe you truly are in a hard financial situation, a situation where you're not sure how you're going to pay your bills, where your next meal is going to come from, what you have going on. Maybe you're in a graduate-level problem around your health. Maybe you got a bad diagnosis, you got some sickness, you got some illness going on, and you just don't know how you're going to get through those things. That's another one of those graduate level things. And maybe you're looking for that miracle to help with those things, and you just haven't got it yet. These are graduate level problems. These are bigger than those little things we get riled up over. You're in significant need. And a lot of us are there. A lot of us are that way. But what I want to do this morning is, is I want to give you something to, to build your faith around. When you don't have what you really want, you will discover that God is what you really need. When you think about, back to the story that, that we read in, in 2 Kings, and we think about this widow, we, we think about how desperate she is the circumstances she's in. She's in a bad way. She's in a bad place. And a lot of us, we've been there. We've been in some of those same things. Maybe not all at the same time like she is, but we've, a lot of us, we've experienced those things. And the, the woman, what she does is she goes to the prophet. And he doesn't just say to her, eh, sorry about your luck. Doesn't say, Sorry, I'll be thinking about you. I'll be praying for you. That's not what he does. He does something that's significant. He does something that's very important. And what he does is he makes himself available to her. We look back at the second verse again. He asked her, how can I help you? When's the last time we've done that? When somebody's in need, somebody's in trouble, somebody comes to us, they tell us the things that they have going on in their life. Our answer so many times is, I'll pray for you. And that's good. We, we want to pray. But maybe we ask the question, how can I help you? What can I do for you? We don't ask that question often enough because that's what God's called us to do. He's called us to take care of each other. Her response when she was asked that question was, your servant has nothing there at all. I got nothing. Oftentimes, when, when we're down, when, when we're hurting, when we don't have what we need, that's all we focus on. We always focus on what we want. We don't focus on the things that we do have. And that's our human nature to look at things that way. But we need to look at the things that we do have, you know, so many times, I mean, we, we go to our, our, our closets and, 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 and we say, I don't have anything to wear, but you open the closet and it's full of clothes. We say, we don't have anything to eat, but you go to the cupboard and, and there's food in there. might not be what we want for dinner, but there's food there. And so many times we, we make those statements, I don't have this, I don't have that. It might not be what we want, but we have what we need most of the time.
oftentimes when, when we're down and out, we just get so consumed with what we don't have that we don't look for what we do have. So what do you want when you don't have much? We go back to that same uh, second verse there. She said, I have nothing except a small jar of olive oil. When you think about olive oil, back in those times, olive oil was, was such a, a great commodity. It's something that they used as currency at times. It's something that they used to, to anoint people. It, it was used for so many things. It was used in food. It was used for, in things that they made. So olive oil, it, it was such a special commodity back then. And to have just a little bit of that, that was important. Because God is capable of doing a lot with just a little. But we have to stop waiting for what God is going to do. We have to stop waiting for what we stop waiting for what we want and start working with what we have. I'm so grateful that we have a God that uh, can do so many things with so little. I think about the back to some of the stories that's in the Bible, what God did with five loaves and two fishes, what God did with a, a small stone in David's sling. Sometimes we, we talk about how our faith struggles, what God can do with little faith. He says, you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, mustard seed, it can move a mountain. What do you have that God can use? All it takes is just a little sometimes. Remember when, when God asked Moses when he was complaining? He said, what do you have in your hand? And he turned a staff into a snake. He turned the Nile to blood. He parted the Red Sea. I think about some of the miracles that, that I've seen that God perform here just in the short time I've been here. I think about this building and what God has made happen here. That God has taken an old school. He's allowed us to get that. He's given that to us. He's, he's allowed us to pay that off early. He, he's, he does so many great things that we can be here together. He's done great things with, with Lighthouse Kids and the things that we have going on here. I think about miracles that, that I've seen myself when you talk about God's provision, we, when, we, when we keep our focus on God, the, the things that He does. At, at a previous church that I went to, we, we had a, a block party. And it, it was on a Sunday afternoon, and, and we started setting up for it right after our service was over. We started setting up at noon. And the, the block party was from 6 to 8 in the evening, and it was something we blocked off the street. And we were going to have food and games and all kinds of stuff for the community to to come to, to be able to spread the Word of God. And as we were setting up, it was raining. Sometimes it was a light rain. Sometimes it was a pouring down rain. And we, we kept working. We, we kept talking about it. And we said, are we still going to do this? Or are, are we going to be able to pull this off? And we, we just kept moving forward. We, we kept going. And basically, we, we kept setting up. And in a 5.30, a half hour before this was the start, we all gathered underneath the big tent. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we prayed. And we turned it all over to God. 
And we said, God, we're doing this for your glory, not for what we're doing. We, we want people to know about you. And at 10 to 6, it stopped raining. Until 8.15 when it was over at 8 o'clock and it started pouring down rain again. But for those two hours, God stopped that rain. And it was, it was truly a miracle. It was amazing to see God at work in that when we gave Him the glory. He provided for that, for us to be able to do those things. And it's, it's just so amazing how good our God is when we look at those things. But we have to stop waiting for what we want and start working. If we had waited until it quit raining to start setting up, we would have never accomplished that. But we, we did our work. We did our part expecting for God to do His part. So we need to offer God what we have and trust Him to give you what you need. We'll go back to 2 Kings. We're going to look at the, the rest of the story. We're going to look at verses 3-7. through seven. It says this, Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. As long as there was an empty jar, God was going to fill that. But the key to those jars is those jars had to be empty. We look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says this, it says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We're jars of clay. God's formed each and every one of us. He's mastered us. He's the potter. We're the clay. The Bible stays, says that. The oil, it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to be filled with. We need, to, we need to be filled with that. But the question I have for you this morning is, what are you full of? Are you full of pride? Are you full of excuses? Are you full of greed? Are you full of selfishness? Those are the things that we have to empty out of ourselves in order to be filled up with the Holy Spirit. That's what God calls us to do. We have to get rid of those things that are in our lives that way if we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When we empty ourselves of the things that keep us from being filled, God is going to provide. He's going to fill the, that need that we have. We need to empty ourselves of what doesn't matter and God will fill you with what does matter. When we're weak, God is strong. When we're hungry, God is the bread of life. When we're thirsty, God is the living water. 
When we're in darkness, God is the light. When we're lost, God is the way. When we're unstable, God is the rock. But God is looking for empty vessels. He's looking at us as vessels. He's looking for us to empty out the things that are in our lives that keep us from being filled with the Holy Spirit. So when we look at our lives, we have to be careful of the things that, that we fill our lives with. So many times we, we, we take the worldly things, that's what we want to continue to fill our lives with. We want to continue to, to keep taking things that in the big picture really don't matter. And we want to keep trying to fill our lives with those things. We don't want to let God fill us with the Holy Spirit. As we finish up this morning and ask the praise team to, to come back up, I, I want to ask you though, where's your vessel at today? Is it full of things that it shouldn't have been full of? Have you ever given Jesus the opportunity to, to fill that up by accepting Him as your Lord and Savior? By asking Him to, to, to come into your life? Because when we do that, we'll be able to take those things that don't matter. We'll be able to set them aside. We'll be able to fill those things with Jesus. He's going to supply the things that we need, the things that we truly need. And that's His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's the salvation that we get from Him. It's that forgiveness. And we're just so blessed to be able to have that. We, when Sparky spoke those words this morning, he talked about the blessings that we get when, when, when we don't see them. So many times in our lives we have things going on and we don't realize the blessings that are all around us because we keep looking for things that don't matter instead of looking to Jesus Christ. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, as we sing this morning, I just encourage you to come up front. Kim will be up here. The elders will be up here. Just come up and we'll talk with you. We'll walk you through that process. But if you are a believer in you, you feel drained. You feel like you don't have enough time, enough energy. All those things that we talked about, how do you get rid of those things? How do you get rid of that feeling? How do you let God fill you up? Sometimes you have to, to get rid of some things in your life to be able to let God fill you up. And if you need prayer around that, we'll pray with you this morning as well. So I just want to encourage you as we sing this morning just to, to, to take some action this morning. So let's stand. Let's sing together.